Is the resurrection of Jesus a mere myth or is there actually historical evidence for it? And if so, how certain can I be of this evidence? And also, if Jesus actually has been resurrected, what does this mean for me personally? This and more you will learn in today's episode. I'm Joshua Göcking and you're listening to the English version of the Sci Faith Podcast. Jesus Christ is risen. This is a phrase that you especially hear during Easter by many believers. But you might ask, is this really the case? Is this just something, something the Christians believe? Or is it really historical? Is there really some historical evidence for this to be have been the case? Because what makes this story so extraordinary from a Uh, outside point is especially that this Jesus of Nazareth is supposed to be have been a real historical person. It's not just some story without uh, uh, without any relation to the real history. It, there are specific dates named. There are emperors named in 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 the gospel accounts. So the the question that it asks is: Has this really been the case? Is Jesus really a historical person? And has is the resurrection indeed an historical fact? So. Um, if you ask many of the today's historians, they actually do not doubt that Jesus of Nazareth had uh, existed. Also, that he died on a cross is accepted by the most. However, about what happened after the crucifixion is where opinions are divided. Soon after the crucifixion, more and more people began to testify that they have seen Jesus alive. He allegedly appeared to them being raised from the dead. This part of the Gospels, combined with uh, numerous signs and wonders that are supposed to have happened in Jesus' ministry, is not accepted by most historians. The question is if it is reasonable from an historic viewpoint to doubt this. What we know for sure is that soon after the crucifixion, Peter and the other disciples began to proclaim the resurrection of Jesus. Even then, there were skeptics to this proclamation. Since this would in fact have meant that Jesus is the Son of God, it was a thorn in the side of the Pharisees. And since this all took place in the Roman province of Judea, which was known for uproar, it was also in the Romans' interest to resolve this issue as soon as possible. To falsify this, it would have sufficed to check in Jesus' tomb if the corpse was still there. The fact that no one challenged the claims of the disciples about this implicates that the tomb was indeed empty. One can therefore assume that the tomb was empty. This might not be sufficient evidence for a resurrection since one can say that the corpse could have been stolen. Often the disciples themselves are said to have been the perpetrators of this, since no one else would have a reason to do so, and as we'll see shortly, even the disciples did not have a reasonable motive to do, to do so. However, 
the grave of Jesus was guarded and sealed by Roman soldiers. Opening a grave that was sealed by the Romans was punishable by death. Furthermore, one would need to pass the Roman guards first to do that. The disciples that according to the Gospels except for John hid in fear should have taken down armed Roman guards, removed the seal to steal a corpse to proclaim the news that Jesus was raised from the dead? The question now is why? Why risk one's own life, which since they were for the most part simple people, against the Roman guards was not unlikely, just to claim that Jesus was resurrected? It is often said that the Roman guards probably fell asleep. However, falling asleep when on duty was punishable by death for Roman soldiers. Therefore, one can assume that these soldiers, even when tired, found a way to stay awake. Regardless, the question of why they should do this remains. Either way, it was a risk for the disciples to do so. Such a risk one only takes if what if that what one will get for it is worth it. Many argue that the disciples came to fame and were sanctified. However, this disregards the fact that this happened long after the disciples' death. Preaching the gospel did not give the disciples any advantages in the natural, especially the arising persecution of Christians and the fact that except for John who was exiled at Patmos, every disciple was matured shows that the feigning of the resurrection did not give them any profit. Therefore, even the disciples do not have a reasonable motive for stealing the corpse of Jesus. Also, by no means the, the disciples could have known that this message will spread around the globe and that Christianity will become a world religion, re world religion since in their lifetimes they only knew persecution. Hopes of future fame therefore would have been slim and not worth such a risk. Also this would have been the desecrating of a grave and that the wild Jews would desecrate the grave of their friend and mentor to a non-existent prophet lacks any logic. Interestingly, this claim according to the Gospel of Matthew is already used by the Pharisees when learning about the empty tomb from the Roman watchpost. Additionally to the empty tomb, there are numerous testimonies of people who encountered Jesus after his resurrection. The Gospels alone report the encounters of Maria Magdalene, the apostles and the disciples of Emmaus. Furthermore, in his letter, in his letters, Paul reports of more than 500 people that encountered Jesus after his resurrection, of whom many were still alive at the time of his writing. One visitation might be explained as a hallucination, two maybe two, but hundreds of which most are akin to each other cannot possibly be attributed to imagination or wishful thinking. Some scholars even say that the resurrection of Jesus is one of the best verified occurrences in ancient times. To seriously doubt the resurrection of Jesus One therefore also needs to doubt what we, for instance, know about Julius Caesar. This overwhelming amount of historical evidence is often confronted 
with a, in first sight, reasonable but actually senseless argument. Everyone who testified to have seen Jesus resurrected was a believer. Therefore, there are no independent witnesses of the resurrection and therefore this evidence is useless. Seems rational. However, if we assume that Jesus was actually actually resurrected and if we further assume that these witnesses saw him after his resurrection, how can they then not believe? How can someone who saw Julius Caesar with his own eyes not believe that he ever existed? And how can someone who saw Jesus after his death at the cross cannot believe that he is indeed the Son of God? This shows that it is not even possible to find such an independent witness and that such kind of independent witness cannot exist since such, such a witness would need to doubt what he has seen with his own eyes. This argument is therefore invalid. As one can see, there is more evidence for the historicity of the resurrection of Jesus than there are reasonable arguments against this. As any theory, one cannot prove it, however, the evidence in contrast to what is often claimed, claimed hints rather to the truth of the gospel than the other way around. I think this makes a pretty strong case that the resurrection of Jesus is actually a historic fact. In my book I also write about this topic and even I add, I add even two more uh, confirmations for the Christian faith and uh, this is in a chapter where I describe how faith and science relate to each other. And if you are interested, you can uh, read my book, which unfortunately up to now is only uh, in German. But if you, are, uh, if you are fluent in a German language, I encourage you to get it and read about this. And I think it's really interesting that the, the resurrection of Jesus is not uh, merely some story. It's actually backed by scientific fact, by historical uh, historic evidence. And... Um, This is very interesting to me and I mean you can always doubt it, there's always room for doubt, doubt but I think the the evidence is pretty convincing to me that the, the resurrection actually happened. But even if one accepts that the resurrection did happen and that Jesus was uh, the Son of God and was uh, is risen from the dead, then the question still remains why why did he do this why did he need to do this what does this mean for me personally and i think the bible gives a, a pretty great answer for why this uh, needs uh, has need to have happened and it's because uh, one needs to realize that uh, by the by the sin that adam did, did in the garden of eden The, the the mankind was in a fallen nature so n uh, the, there was sin in this world and and the, the nature of man was fallen and they could not enter into God's presence anymore as they used to and by this there was kind of like a divide between God and man and God did not intended it to be so he wanted to uh, be there to be no division between him and uh, his creation but he needed to since a man ha had sinned and to restore this 
this uh, somebody needed to pay the price for this sin and for this sinful nature. And this was done by 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 offerings, as you can see in the old covenant. The the people of Israel they they regularly needed to do offerings, needed to um, offer animals uh, as a sin offerings to to wash away uh, their sins. But uh, the it was clear that this is only something tempor temporarily because animals are not people so it, this this could not work and uh, so there w there was one sacrifice needed which could uh, do make uh, away with all the sin and Jesus was this one sacrifice he died for our sins so that uh, he took all the sins that we have committed all the wrongs that we have done he took them all upon him And he died and received the punishment for those in on in our place, and by resurrecting, uh, resurrecting, he rose up as an as as, a, as somebody who has carried our sins, and we can uh, reunite with this work he has done, and by this we can uh, our our sins are washed away, and we can uh, be become like Jesus because. Uh, as we have become or as he has become one with uh, with him in uh, as he has become one one with us in our sin we can now become one with him in his righteousness and so by the work he did on the cross we can now stand righteous in in front of god if we accept what he has uh, uh, done for us And I think one needs to realize that all the th bad things that happen in the earth, all the things we see that are bad, all the needs, all the, all the hunger, all the the, the 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 wars, and all the terrible things, are due to this fallen nature, are due to the sinful nature of man. And actually, Jesus was the solution to this. He came. He died for our sins, so that we could be free from them, that we could be righteous before God, and that so that this divide that was between God and us was lifted. And so He's actually the solution to all these problems. And if we just accept His His salvation, then we 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 can enter into this uh, solution, and we we will be righteous before God, and we will no longer be under the the, the power of sin, but on, uh, we will be in His righteousness. So from my own experience, I can can say that this is really the case, and that through His stripes we are healed, and that through His uh, work on the cross we are righteous before god and we are not under the dominion of sin anymore i therefore encourage everyone to learn more about uh, the salvation you can can start just by reading in the bible just start with the gospel of john and you you will let the holy spirit show you what this actually means what the salvation means to you and uh, if you if you want you you can really um pray a prayer where you just accept this salvation for you and invite Jesus to be the Lord of your life. If you are willing to do this, just repeat this prayer after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and life. 
I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. If you have prayed that simple prayer, we Christians believe that you have been born again. So you are a new creation in Christ and you are righteous in front of God and all your sins have been washed away. But it's also important that you start to cultivate this new life that you have been given by uh, attending church, reading the Bible and just get into communion with people who, who are of the same faith as you. So I encourage you to do that and want to welcome you in the family of God. This was today's episode of the Sci Faith podcast in English. I hope you enjoyed it and I hope you could really see that the historicity of the resurrection of Jesus can indeed be considered to be a fact. So if you have some questions or something you want to talk about, you feel free to just contact me at scifaith.de slash en slash contact and there you can find also other content you can find other blog posts you can find other podcast episodes and much more you can find more information on my book which right now only exists in German and also you can find more information about me and my vision of SciFaith so I, I encourage check out my website at scifaith.de slash en for the English version. And in the next uh, podcast episode, I will be talking about my favorite topic in physics, which is the so-called Hamilton-Jacobi theory. It's not really that much used in practice, but it's a really interesting topic, which can be also uh, uh, greatly interpreted in the spiritual following the principle that the creation is always a reflection of the creator. So I am looking forward to do that and hope you will listen then also again. And until then, I wish you a great time. God bless.